You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Hey everybody, Father Vasek here coming to you live from the University of Mary. We just celebrated Holy Mass together and now we're continuing with our really, really, really beautiful show. Uh, Right now, Monsignor Shea, President of the University, uh, has been able to drop by. You'd think that'd be easy because he lives here uh, or that he runs this university, but he's always busy uh, doing lots of things. So we're, we've, we're so glad that we're able to snag him for today. Monsignor, thanks for being here today. It's a joy to be with you. You know how much we love Real Presence Radio. Awesome. Great. So, Monsignor, first thing, uh, we just like to check in to see how people are uh, experiencing this different, uh, this different Easter, this different time. So as president of the University of Mary or as priest, uh, what, what has it been like for you, uh, COVID Easter? Well, it's been very different, and you and I have had a chance, I think, uh, to to go back and forth on this a little bit and talk about what it's like to be believers in the midst of a difficult time. And um, uh, and and there's a certain sense in which the darkness or difficulty or anxiety which has gripped our society gives us a more present sense for the need for the gospel and for the 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 the, the, the true sense of the hope that's given us in the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. In other words, our, our inability to celebrate, for instance, the sacred triduum the way that we might have wanted to doesn't in any way diminish the truth and the reality of the faith, the faith that we have that Jesus is alive, that, that he's the only hope in the whole world, and that we're able to place our hope firmly in him. That, that hasn't changed at all. And in fact, there's a sense in which if we've been attentive to the Holy Spirit, our, our understanding of that has deepened in the course of these weeks as we've longed to celebrate the Eucharist together, as we've longed for the, the, the sort of sacramental life of the church uh, to resume in a, in, a, in, a, uh, in a full and vibrant way. And even just as social animals, as human beings, as we've longed uh, to have some of this um, painful separation that we've been experiencing on a social level begin to ease. Uh, and so as a priest, for me, it has been, as you said, a very busy time. Uh, there have been a lot of really significant decisions that a, that a place like the University of Mary has had to have uh, and, and take in yeah. order to navigate the waters, uh, yeah. which have been pretty choppy. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, we feel like we've done our best to take care of our students and our wider community, and uh, we're, we're preparing for hopeful days to come. Yeah, Monsignor, uh, I'm thinking back to a, what I experienced as a very tender moment, extremely tender moment, which I think brings a little bit of uh, of an example to this uh, this time of darkness and the, and the grace, which we'll talk about uh, of the moment uh, when the regular mechanisms are stripped away, the regular sort of comforts are stripped away, or the the presumptions, the things that we take for granted are kind of stripped away. Um, I'm remembering (laughs) at our commencement uh, uh, special address that you gave, um, or on the day of graduation, the address that you gave to the students. And at one point, as you were speaking to them of of the university's love for them um, and the the ways in which the university had to decide how to appropriately address graduation and will we do it in a virtual fashion will we do it in uh, in a delayed fashion will we do it in this way and you said no you're not virtual people you're not delayed kind of people you're you said you know these kinds of things and then you said i 
I wish I could do something to change this. It was something like, it was like, uh, students that I love, I wish it could be different, but I can't do anything. I was like, I... I, I, I wish I could make this better for you, like a father would want to provide for his children, but like a recognition, like it's bigger than me, uh, you know, in like the profoundest of ways. Uh, it was like this really tender moment. Uh, so maybe just to speak into that. Well, I wasn't really acting there. I do wish <laughs> right. that I could have fixed it uh, for our graduates, many of whom have waited many years of their life and, and put in tremendously hard work in order to get to the day of, of their graduation. And that's why, as, as you just related, we, we decided we didn't want to do kind of throw something together in the fall, throw something together in December. Uh, we didn't want to do a virtual graduation. We didn't want to do something provisional because their accomplishments are not provisional. Their accomplishments aren't, aren't, aren't virtual. They're real. Right. And so that's why we decided to do a double commencement next April in the hope that by that time, things will be back uh, such that we're able really to celebrate them in a true sense. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, I went on to say, and I, I really believe this very deeply, um, the, the mark of their education, the hallmark of their education, isn't simply the competencies uh, which they've, um, which they've uh, been able to master in the course of their technical education mm -hmm. here. Because we don't believe that at the University of Mary. And Catholic education has never thought that, that the main thing that we can offer uh, is um, meaningful um, augmentation to the workforce. <laughs> right. We, we believe uh, that, that whatever competencies and skills, whether a student uh, is now a registered nurse, uh, whether a student is a respiratory therapist, and those people are on the front lines of battling against this pandemic, or whether a person for the first time in North Dakota in, 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 in recent memory is struggling to get a job with their degree in business or education mm. or, uh, or the humanities, because we haven't known that in, in more than a decade here, mm. uh, whether no matter, no matter what situation that they're entering into society and the workforce with in terms of their competencies, it's something deeper which we've endeavored to give them here, which is a capacity, a, a quality of mind, a strength of heart, an ability to see things whole and how things relate to each other. That's what education is meant to be, such that an educated person is prepared for every circumstance and any circumstance and can provide leadership calm, faithful, free, strong, thoughtful, competent, charismatic leadership in the midst of, uh, of, a, of, of a suffering and, uh, and challenged society. That's what we've got right now. Praise God that we have the opportunity to offer such education. <laughs> and I have great hope in our students who are out there. Yeah. I have great hope for the future too. Gosh, God is providing for us. He's as present as ever. And the Christian faith, and I said this, <laughs> you know, we were talking a little bit during Holy Week and I uh, jumped on a live stream here to give a, a, a little retreat on this too. Uh, the Christian faith was made for dark times, uh, for a suffering race that's, that's laboring under a curse. That's the truth of the gospel. Things aren't meant to be going well. And sometimes if we, if we have a, a, a streak of, of good luck, so to speak, <laughs> in which we can come to believe that by our own 
uh, brilliance mm -hmm. and by our own ingenuity as human beings that we've been able to set up the circumstances of society so that things are relatively comfortable. There's plenty of money to go around. Um, you know, uh, we've got jobs coming out of our ears. Uh, people are comfortable in mm -hmm. general. Uh, we're able to lull ourselves into kind of a fantasy in which we believe that we're not in desperate need of salvation every minute of our lives. But but Catholicism puts that right at the center. And these circumstances, difficult as they are, can help us, and we shouldn't waste them. Let's not look back upon this pandemic and, 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 and have to say to ourselves, in the honesty of our hearts, we squandered that time. That could have been the time in which we really prepared to be witnesses for the faith for the rest of our lives in a true and new way. Because uh, times like this are meant to be the times when believers should really shine. This is when the gospel shows up. Yes. And people realize how much we need it. Right, right, right. Everybody, this is Father Craig Vosick, host for Real Presence Live today. Joined to me is Monsignor Shea, president of the University of Mary. We are talking about the uniqueness of uh, the pandemic situation in, uh, in the time of Lent and now into into the Easter season uh, and what the, the difficulties that that brings and everybody is seeing that but what we want to do is really draw to the the light the grace the hope that we have uh, in the gospel in Jesus Christ particularly during this time as it as it becomes even more uh, manifest so we this is where we want to continue the conversation Monsignor I'm thinking uh, of a couple different things and uh, hopefully they're not escaping my mind now uh, to talk in particular about the opportunity uh, of this time, but also um, something that, with regard to this stripping away of, uh, of comforts and, and norms and, and these things, um, it seems that, and maybe I'm wrong, uh, it seems that a lot of people approach a situation such as this, where there is now great difficulty, uh, great uh, frustration, uh, um, and the list goes on and on, and they look upon it as if it is like there was something owed to them that was taken away uh so entitlement maybe but or or maybe less that something like no humanity and and history is like a level playing field and things shouldn't be coming against me it should just be natural neutral and since it's not neutral a level playing field it seems like things are kind of against me in a way that's not fair because it was meant to be a level playing field and you just said well, no it's uh, it's not a level playing field uh we should be expecting difficulty these things are part of so uh, can you speak into that in some fashion yeah whatever that might manifest no, itself what you've done just there father and, and i'm i'm very grateful for that is you put your finger on one of the great illusions of modern life and and, and, and when we receive students, you and I and all the professors here and, and, uh, and everybody who, who works with us in the work of education, when we receive students here, they come in having breathed the air of this illusion, and it's deep in their lungs and in their imaginations, that the world is, as you say, kind of a level, uh, neutral place, an mm. arena for the self-realization and self-actualization of my life, and things are meant to go well, and my employer eventually and before that my parents 
and my university uh, owe me a, a very tranquil experience such that I can build an Instagram life uh, <laughs> which, with, 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 uh, with good friends and interesting food and fun travels and holidays and, and all kinds of things. And when things don't go like that, then I become resentful and, um, and discouraged and, and I think that somehow uh, I've been sabotaged. Now, if, if, we, if, if we touch that vision with any page of the gospel, hmm. it evaporates. <laughs> it, 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 it crumbles into dust and ashes. Uh, yeah. Because Jesus Christ's teaching on every page of the gospel is not that. Your life is a great adventure. It's a gripping challenge. We find ourselves in a profound and life and death battle between good and evil all the time. That's taking place uh, just beyond our sight with massive powers of great intelligence uh, battling against each other in, in, in all around us all the time. Our work is uh, to be attentive to the grace of God which protects us and, and, and to the angels and his own grace and the mother of God and all the saints who are fighting for us all the time and for us to participate in that great adventure. You know, um, it, it's funny because, uh, because even though our young people and even some of our older people believe that crazy illusion about uh, um, a, a neutral arena for the fulfillment of my dreams and passions, they're still fascinated because by by this this kind of uh, vision of adventure. Think about the the popularity of. Uh, the Lord of the Rings, the Star mm -hmm. Wars saga, mm -hmm. the Avengers, mm -hmm. uh, all of these other kinds of mm -hmm. things where people are really drawn into uh, this sense of epic adventure. That's what life really is. All of those epic adventures are just a small echo of the true drama that you and I find ourselves in all the time. Um, and that drama is a greater drama than a pandemic. It's very interesting. I'm mm. about to write to all of... Um, all of the students who have applied for entrance into our freshman class. I'm feeling like I need to reach out to them. So I want to send them a little graduation mm. gift. And so anybody who's listening, who's applied to the freshman class, you should watch your mailbox. Because what I'm going to send them is a small custom copy of a sermon that C.S. Lewis, you know Lewis, of course, was that great Oxford Don who converted to Christianity and famously wrote the Chronicles of Narnia, uh, The Problem of Pain, Miracles, Mere Christianity, The Screwtape Letters, um, all of those things. Um, Lewis, in the autumn of 1939, just as the Nazi army was, was invading Poland to light the fuse of the Second World War, he preached a sermon from the pulpit of the Church of St. Mary the Virgin in Oxford, which of course was the pulpit that was um, occupied for many years by St. John Henry Newman mm -hmm. uh, in the century before that. Mm. And, and, and the, the name of the sermon was Learning in Wartime. It's very interesting, Father. Uh, he, hmm. he asked this question, with all that's going on, with so much uncertainty as the war comes upon us, why should we study? Why should we be students in a time like this, 
with all of this going on? This is a worthy question for students, mm -hmm. those who are finishing high school, who, are, who I'm writing to, mm -hmm. those who are thinking about college or our own college students right now, mm -hmm. or even those who are taking care of families and maybe you've got a job, maybe you've lost your job, and here we are on the eve of the Feast of St. Joseph the Worker. Mm -hmm. And this is a question for all of us. What's interesting, and, and, and if you'll give me just a second, I'll please, spell it out. Please, please, please. What's interesting <laughs> is C.S. Lewis says that we face three great enemies in a time like this. Okay. And, and we need to be equipped to, uh, to meet the challenge of these three lethal enemies. The first enemy, he says, is excitement. <laughs> the news, and now we're in a 24-7 news cycle yeah. with the internet era, the news can overwhelm our thoughts and feelings, filling us with anxiety and distraction, and it paralyzes us in our life, in our studies, in our work. It can paralyze us because it's hard to focus with so much going on. Excitement is the first great enemy. Hmm. The second great enemy, he says, is frustration. And that's a sense that maybe if I begin something, I won't be able to finish it. We can lose hope in the future. Will I even be able to finish what I've started? What will life look like when this is over? When's the economy ever going to come back? Will it come back? That's the second great enemy, which is frustration. Mm -hmm. And the third enemy, he says, is fear. Death and pain in times like this become not, not greater, not greater, but more present to us than they were before. Mm. And, and so we, we ask questions like, what if the virus comes for me or for those I love? Mm -hmm. What if I have to suffer a lot in order, to f in order to fulfill my dreams of education or career or my vocation? And I think that this is the kind of, and he, he, he grapples with those questions mm. from a profoundly Christian viewpoint, which arises from the, from the teachings of Jesus in the gospel. And he strips away all these illusions of the, uh, of the sort of modern narrative of the comfortable life, uh, which, um, uh, which we were talking about. And he makes some amazing points. He says, first of all, if, we, if, if, if in order to advance culture, if in order to discover knowledge, if in order to gain wisdom, we wait until everything is safe and secure before we start, we'll never start. And we've got to be heroes, even in a time like this, and recognize what our vocation is. If we're supposed to be sweeping the steps, we should yeah. sweep them super well now. Mm. If we're supposed to be a student, we should be the best student right now. If we have our job, we need to contribute in that way. If we've lost our job, we need to be able to find a new way to contribute. And then, listen to this, it's very amazing. Hmm. If anxiously worrying about the future is keeping you from the work at your fingertips, yeah. try to turn the tables. Use the work at your fingertips to keep you from constantly worrying about the future. Yeah. This is fantastic advice. Even just on the human level, it's fantastic advice. When you add to that the fact that Jesus Christ has conquered sin and death and they lay vanquished at his feet and he's risen from the dead and our poor human nature susceptible here below to sickness and disease yeah. is glorified forever at the right hand of the Father. When you add, when you add this to the truth of our faith, you have a hope which is invincible. <laughs> Oh, brothers and sisters, uh, you're going to want to find our podcast later. 
uh, where we go back over and you can listen over and over and over to the wisdom of C.S. Lewis, uh, to the wisdom of Monsignor Shea uh, in so many different ways. Monsignor, we've got a few minutes left. Um, you spoke of, hearkening uh, back to Lewis, these three uh, deadly bothersome uh, problems of uh, overexcitement, or, which leads to anxiety, frustration, fear of death, and of all these different things. Um, and then you... you helped through uh, C.S. Lewis for us to stay in the present moment, sort of this Catholic understanding. Stay in the present moment. Be faithful to what you're supposed to do right now. Uh, and this is the way, this is the way forward. Let's, let's kind of finish our time uh, with a, a fervorino to that of um, what does it look like to be a magnanimous Christian? Um, living with great hope. Um, being even better uh, than I've ever been right now. And that this is the prime, maybe this way, that this is the exact moment that, that it's meant for me to do that. Yeah. Well, this is our time, of course, and we believe that very firmly. Going back to St. John Henry Newman, he said that each of us has a mission in this life. We might not know it fully, but we'll know it in the next life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and that our job is to be an instrument of God's life here, right now. This is our time. And so you'll remember when we, when we still, we were one of the last campuses to close. So everybody else had closed around us and the circumstances were such in the center of North Dakota that we thought, gosh, maybe the, the safest thing is for us to be right here. Then I wrote to our students and I said, this isn't first and foremost about your safety. This is about having an opportunity to act with love. Mm. The circumstances of this pandemic, whether it's social distancing or whether it's a deeper vocational sense, Mm -hmm. is an opportunity for us more than ever to give ourselves away in love. Our life is a gift, which if we grab onto it with white knuckles and hold it fast, will corrupt us. Every gift that we don't give away (laughs) does that. Our lives are gifts given to us, meant to be given away in love. We need to take this opportunity with a full throat, full of confidence in God, to cry out to him, Lord, Father, you care for me. You've counted every single hair upon my head. Now, show me what to do. Show me how to be generous and fearless in giving myself away. Show me how to protect those who are entrusted to me because my life is not about me. It's my life. Yes, it is, but it's not about me. And I need to find a way to give myself away in love. There's, there's never been a time like this, Father, don't you agree, in which we could do that in our own time? Yeah. It's, uh, when I look at the lives of the saints, uh, they, are, they shine precisely in the midst of the darkness that surrounded them. It wasn't, it wasn't like there was a bunch of shiny lights going right. on and they just sort of were just as shiny and people kind of paid attention to them for, for some reason. No, they, they, they shone, you know, in the midst of possible great darkness. I mean, just look at this. And that's what we, that's what we typically look at the saints. Like, look at what they overcame. Look at what they were able to go through. Look at the suffering they were able to endure. Look at, you know, it's not like, yeah, they lived a really happy life, so let's, let's just praise them for that. We don't do that. There's no saints of mediocrity or of lukewarmness. Well, and the saints never forgot that central truth that that we'll never have paradise here. We were not made for this world. And so we're always going to be in a valley of tears here. Even if even if the sun breaks through the cloud for a little bit and we're able to relax and laugh, that that that's just to get us ready for the trial and the suffering. 
and the sacrificial love that we're called to in our vocation as believers, as Catholics. And we've got we've to do that. The, the world needs to see that. Otherwise, they'll look for other remedies that'll never make them happy. Yeah. We have the key. We have to believe it. Yeah. Monsignor, thank you so much for being with us today. We're honored by your presence. Um, I'll just let you know this. Uh, we, we're going to pray the rosary as a Real Presence Radio family. I'm going to include the University of Mary uh, in our intentions that uh, it would be blessed uh, as all of our listeners are able to pray. So thank you so much for being with us today. Father, I'm grateful to you. Nobody knows this, that you're not just an amazing host on, on Real Presence Radio. You're also the best athletics chaplain that any university could ever want. Everybody, that's a fact. <laughs> All right. That was very kind of him. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back and listen to the podcast just for that. Everybody stay with us. Uh, we're going to talk about Legatus. It's a beautiful opportunity for business leaders. We're going to talk to my buddy and uh, another great friend here on Real Presence Live. Stay with us today. <laughs> 